was in the center of the basketball universe up in Lexington, Kentucky today. And so he's asked me to speak for him. Of course, he probably is not even interested in the basketball game that will be going on today at 11 o'clock. My DVR is ready. Kentucky plays Florida today. They will win again today. They'll play next weekend. They'll win the SEC tournament. They'll be seeded number one. Do you all care? Not really. Roll Tide. All right, all right, okay. Jeez. Oh, or whatever. I got it. Whatever. Whatever. I got it. There is a scene out of The Wizard of Oz that uh, I remember watching it numbers of times where Dorothy has two friends beside her and she says, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. And I think many times, worries, anxieties, and fears, oh my. Worries, anxieties, and fears, oh my. And scripture has a lot to say about fear. About 365 times it appears in the Bible. Almost one for every day. Most of them say stuff like this. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Trust me. And now he didn't repeat himself time and time again because he has Alzheimer's. But he repeated himself because he knew that that would be one of our big problems. How many times do they talk about worry? Cast all your anxieties upon me. Take no thought about tomorrow. So scripture has a lot to say about the things that seem to captivate a lot of our attention. And I want to turn to a scripture in the book of Romans chapter 12 and read a transforming scripture. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read it off the screen because there are two different versions that I'm reading this morning. This one says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. Place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well for maturity in you. Interesting phrase in this translation or in this version, the idea of culture. Culture is powerful. Change from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you. I've studied culture numbers of times over the years, read thousands of papers upon it, and I still struggle trying to grasp what makes culture. But I think one time I got a bit of insight. Culture is very difficult to see. It's sort of like asking the red snapper in the Gulf of Mexico to see the water that he or she's in. There you are encapsulated inside of this world that you're not even aware is going on around you. It's invisible in so many ways. And yet scripture calls upon you and I to be very critical in our thinking and to raise to a level of awareness the influence of culture upon us. 
so that we can be what? Transformed. Different from the inside out. And I was raised in a church that transformed you from the outside in. Two or three witnesses this morning. They told you what to wear, when to wear it, how to dress, what to dress, what to do, what not to do. And I suppose there's a place for all of that stuff. I'm not sure. But oh my goodness, when I look at scripture, it talks about being transformed from the inside out. Now, the other version that I want to read to you this morning is also in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And this one says, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, which is pleasing, which is perfect. Key scripture, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So... Let's, let's meet this guy I call Pete. <clears throat> you can call him Pedro, call him Sam, whatever you want to call him. I call him Pete. Now Pete's like a lot of us. His girlfriend breaks up with him. He has the news that she's going out with another man. And therefore wishes to break off her relationship with Pete. Got the picture? So this results in something, a couple of possible emotional disturbances for Pete. One would be depression, poor Pete. The other one is hostile, angry, bitter, angry Pete. Now, why, Pete, are you feeling that way? See, you and I go visit down at the Starbucks. I get my coffee, you get whatever you want. And there's Pete in the corner, depressed. There he is, angry. You know him, I don't. You walk over to him and say, Pete, why are you feeling that way? Chances are Pete's going to say something like this. Because my girlfriend is going out with another man. And I know that's not true. Hello. Now, I do know this. I do know that his woman friend's going out with another man. I know that. Number two, yep, it may be true. He may be depressed and or angry and hostile. Okay, I do know those two facts. But, very important piece here, take-home message for the day. It's not the event that causes our emotional disturbances. Can you say that with me? It is not the event that causes our emotional disturbances. Say that again. It is not the event that causes our emotional disturbances. This is the take-home point. In fact, you all can go to sleep after this and go home. It won't get any better than this. Because if you get this peace down in your heart, God will gradually use this truth to transform you from the inside out. It's not the event but also our attitudes 
and our beliefs about the event that cause our emotional reaction. Now, our beliefs and our attitudes are shaped by what I call thinking patterns. Okay? Thinking patterns shape the way we hear, shape the way we talk, shape the way that we interpret reality. You might see a thinking pattern as your personal way of making sense of your world. This pattern develops over time. Mostly it's shaped by a lot of early experiences that teach us how to connect with others, how and who to trust, if we will be heard or how to be heard, who and what is safe. Some of us learn from a place of safety and trust. Others of us learn to think from a place of distrust and fear. And this template, this thinking pattern, has a powerful influence upon us because it will interpret all of our incoming messages. Okay? As well as shape all of our outgoing messages. For example, if we were raised by parents who believed there is a right way to do everything, we will develop a right wrong template, a right, wrong thinking pattern. Either I'm right and you're wrong. You could have said amen right there. Or I'm wrong and you're right. Don't say amen. And you can recognize right away that my life's experiences then begin to repeatedly confirm my beliefs like I can't do anything right. Or he can't ever do anything that's right. And it's become so ingrained within us and in our thinking that it's almost like it's invisible to us until someone comes along and says, let me give you some clear teaching on this. So you can see life in a slightly different perspective. And that's what God's word does for us. It challenges the way you think. God said what? Let me change the way you think. So you can be transformed from the inside out. Thinking patterns shape the way we hear. They shape the way we talk. They shape the way we interpret reality. And God says, I want to put my finger on your thinking pattern and see if I can slightly adjust it to bring transformation to you and to you and to me. Now, there are a number of thinking patterns that we could look at today, but I'm only going to look at two or three, okay? The first one that I call is either or. Now, just hang on. Just keep your thinking cap on and stay with me for a minute. Either or thinking says something is right or wrong, black or white. Fits everything in the world, fits into two categories. Now, if you've never done that one, bless your heart. But everybody under tremendous stress sort of does that. 
puts everything into two categories. In fact, let me show you how it works. I'm at home driving a nail and I hit the wrong nail. I hit this nail. Yes, and all of a sudden, everything in the world is split into two categories. My thumb and everything else. Nothing else matters. Now, you can recognize that's a very limited perspective caused by tremendous pain. Hopefully, the pain doesn't last long. But sometimes there's pains in life that last a bit longer than me mashing my thumb. It could be something else. Okay, But either or thinking is very limited in how it allows us to grow. Think with me just for a moment. Either or thinking does not allow me to acknowledge the other person's humanity. Does not allow me to acknowledge the possibility, this is hard for me to say, that I just might be wrong. And it's hard for him too. And to acknowledge the possibility that I just might be right. What does God want us to do? He wants us to move toward what I'm going to call today both and. A more inclusive template that acknowledges individuality. The reality of many possible options are an answer to a situation. And it prevents me from interpreting other people's feelings and behaviors for them. And allows for more open dialogue. I mean, is it possible that I feel one way and you feel another? Most certainly. Hello. Sure is. I mean, Jesus had something very specific specific to say about this in Matthew chapter 7. When he said, don't pick on people. Duh. Don't jump on their failures. Don't criticize their faults unless, of course, you want the same treatment. I mean, that critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? I mean, the judgmental spirit breaks everything into two categories, right and wrong. Now, trust me, easy now. There are rights and there are wrongs. But the older I get, the more I realize that what I thought was a whole bunch of rights and wrongs back in the day, there are a handful of them today. And I'm so grateful that God allows me the wisdom to understand that the world is far more diverse than what I once understood. Why do you think the man wrote the song that J-Mac talked about earlier about cancer? Because he lived in a culture, in a church, that he could not talk about his pornography. Why? Criticism, blame, judgment, either or thinking. And there's guys sitting here who's got the same problem. I understand But to have a church culture where I can be open about something like that without fear of reprisal, without someone 
castigating me and blaming me. I mean, my goodness, my friends, I used to look at this scripture thinking this is what it meant. You know, Jesus, the old King James is what I was raised on. So these new versions I like, but I memorized the old King James. And the old King James says something like this. How dare I get the speck out of your eye when I got a log pole in my own eye? And for years, this is what I thought this verse meant. I thought this verse simply meant this. If I got the log pole out of my eye, then I was free to get the speck out of your eye. But you know what I discovered? When the log pole's out of my eye, I can't see any specks in your eye. The judgmental spirit's gone. I take myself off of God's judgment seat, let him sit there. Let him take care of all that stuff. And I want to move toward a thinking pattern that doesn't judge and doesn't put people into two categories, either or, right or wrong, black or white, true or false, because it's very limiting, very limiting. The second one I want to look at today is what I call the what if thinking. Now, there's a lot of these we could be looking at. But the what-if thinking? (laughs) Oh, my. My mama, God love her. What if? The other shoe's just about to drop. You know, something bad's about to happen. This thinking creates a feeling that Oh my goodness, I'm powerless, or I need to be in control. It generates worry, it generates anxiety because it bumps into the reality that I'm not in control of much of what happens in my life. In fact, the older I get, the more I realize the less in control I am. And I, for one, like to be in control. I still struggle with that. And when I recognize, oh, what if, and what if, and what if, and I don't know about your brain, but my brain's amazing, not not, not because I'm super intelligent, I'm not talking about that at all, but it's amazing how it can create scenarios. You know what I'm talking about? How it can just sort of weave stories and another story and another story, and you're laying there in bed at night, well, what if, and what if, and what if, and you think to yourself, my goodness. Worries, anxieties, and fears, oh my. Worries, anxieties, and fears, oh my. Worries, anxieties, and fears, oh my. How do you change? Move toward acceptance. Acceptance is the key to all of my problems today. Because I know that everything in my life is exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. (sighs) Understand something. I don't like everything in my life right now. But God doesn't really care. I don't feel good about everything in my life right now. That's irrelevant. All that's relevant is for me to understand that God is in control. Complete control. 
And I, through acceptance, trust. Romans 8.28 says, We can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Are you sure of that? Oh, I like to be more sure of that. Acceptance tells me that everything in my life is exactly the way it's supposed to be right now. Life happens and most of my worries is simply wasted energy. One of the few things that I can control in my life is how I think about and how I react to situations. And so choosing to accept my inability to control others frees me from destructive anxieties. Now, don't tell my wife that because I still try to push her buttons. You do too. What am I attempting to do? Control? Oh, to take a deep breath today and recognize that God, sovereign God, is never caught off guard. I can sleep tonight. I have a boy that's somewhere in Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know where he is. But I spent 102 days about nine years ago, eight years ago, Walking, saying, God, it's not my problem, it's yours. God, this is not my battle, it's yours. God, this is not my deal, it's yours. I said that numbers of times throughout the day, trying to get this principle of acceptance deeply embedded in my heart because I knew that was the only time I would have serenity. That was the only time I would have peace. And that was the only way that was pleasing to God. Are you listening to me? I repeated that day after day after day. I wasn't trying to convince God. He didn't need convincing. I was trying to tell my brain how to think. Because my brain left by itself, I already told you, it can create all kinds of stuff. Oh, I'm still sad. Still worried from time to time. But I slept pretty good last night. I'm going to go home today and enjoy the basketball game. If Kentucky wins. I'll work all this week. I'll talk when he calls. I'll do what I can. But the principle principle of acceptance says... All things work together for my ultimate good. It did not say that everything is good. When I was a child, about age 12, my mother and father both had pneumonia the same week, and my sister and I had to do some cooking. So we cooked what little we did. She's two years younger than I am. And we uh, thought we were going to make a cake, and so we did. We got all the ingredients together. There's flour and there's sugar and there's whatnot. And there's this stuff called vanilla. And you get it out and you look at it. It sort of smells okay. 
Okay, it's got this sweet sort of a sugary smell thing, you know. But I made the mistake of tasting it. And I said to her, anything that tastes that bad can't be good for a cake. So we left it out. Now the cake looked like a cake. It rose, it baked, it turned brown, everything. But when you ate it, my dad said, something funny about this cake. I left out something because it tasted bad. I didn't like it. You know, my friend, there's a lot of things in my life that I probably would have left out, but oh, how poorer I would have been. I'm so glad I can trust God who takes all the good, all the bad, And all the ugly. And somehow in his sovereign grace. Weaves them together for my ultimate good. And I rest in that. So if you've got a boy out there. Or a girl out there. Or a grandchild. Or a husband or a wife. Wandering around. You don't know where they are. Just tell yourself over and over again. This is not your battle. It's God's. And maybe about day 101. Day 102. Day 103. Or maybe you're a quicker learner than I am. It'll click. And that thinking pattern can be changed. Because my friend, what if thinking will eat you up? I have one more. Emotional reasoning. Oh my. Paradox, eh? Sort of like saying um, emotional (laughs) reasoning. Emotional reasoning, sure. Think about it for a second. Thinking that beliefs are real because they feel real. Lord, help us. I mean, I've been to weddings where Debbie Boone's song has been sung. You light up my life. You make me through the night. How can it be so wrong when it feels so right? And please, you want to know culture, how it gets you? This is it getting you right now. Feelings. I, James Dobson wrote a book years ago. You don't need to buy it. You don't need to read it. You just need to know the title. Feelings, can you trust them? The answer is no. Enough said. Dismiss them. Emotional reasoning. Oh my goodness. Because it feels real. Feelings, my friend, are just feelings. They may be very strong. They're not completely accurate. God knows they're not the fact. I mean, I may feel incompetent because I locked the keys in the car. But reality is I simply failed to focus in that moment. Emotional reasoning is behind all other patterns of thinking. And in order for you and I to choose successfully to change a pattern, I must be willing to challenge my emotions that are keeping me stuck in the old unhealthy mold. Philippians chapter 4, the apostle Paul nails it. 
how. He says, put into practice what you've learned from me, what you heard, what you saw, what you realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. I'm just as happy with little as with much. With much as with little, I have found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Maybe you feel like coming to church today. Maybe you did. You're going to feel like going to work tomorrow. Feelings. You know, I don't always feel married, but I is. I don't always feel like a man, but I am. Do you see the subtlety of this? How it sneaks inside your soul and will rob you of security, will rob you of peace, will rob you of serenity? Martin Luther wrote a hymn years ago. A mighty fortress is our God. He also penned one of my favorite poems. Are you ready for it? Feelings come. Feelings go. Feelings are deceiving. My guarantee is the word of God. Nothing else is worth believing. Listen now. And though my heart should feel condemned for the lack of some sweet token, I know one who's greater than my heart, whose word cannot be broken. Whew, that's not bad. Emotional reasoning. I want to move from emotional reasoning. I want to change that old unhealthy mold of my pat- that pattern in my mind and recognize that feelings are simply feelings, no matter how strong they are. My wife one time said this. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, she said. I, oh, okay, that's wise. How do you change your thinking? And she said, one thought at a time. How can this happen? One choice at a time. For you and I to develop a new way of thinking and therefore a new way of feeling and acting, we must make a choice to live every day by choosing the thoughts that will control you and allow God's word to dictate who we are on the inside and reject the unhealthy thoughts and choose the realistic, accepting, non-judgmental and thankful thoughts. One choice. At a time. My prayer for you today is that somehow your mind will be touched by God as you recognize some of your tendencies and how they are unhealthy and how God wants to come and just lay his finger on your heart to encourage you to move from either or to both and. To move from what if to acceptance. To move from emotional reasoning to true faith-based, scripture-based understanding and thinking. And in so doing, you and I will be gradually changed and transformed from the inside 
out. And you and I will have serenity. Peace that passes understanding. It will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We'll be protected, kept safe, and secure. Worries, anxieties, and fears, I call them the little wafts. Waff, waff, waff. They're like little dogs that chase you around. Waff, 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 waff. They're there. They're real. But they can be overcome. When you allow God's truth to get into your heart, into your mind, even into your brain, and transform the way you think. Father, your word has spoken once again. It has the ability to speak. (laughs) It has the ability to speak deep into our hearts. It discerns our thoughts even before we thank them. We thank you for your word, how precious it is. Now, Lord, take what has been said today and apply it to each one of our lives as we need it. There are some here, Lord, that need to hear certain things. May their hearts be encouraged to just turn it over to you and trust you that you are in control. There's others of us, Lord, that are very judgmental. Oh, God, get us off the judgment seat. My goodness, knock us off, Lord. Help us, Lord, to realize there's more than one way to look at a situation. Just not my way, there's other ways. And every way is equally valid. And then, Lord, work deep in our hearts as we all struggle with these feelings that rise and fall and and seem to dictate who we are. May we realize we are not what we feel. We are who you say we are. Your son, your daughter, created by you for good works. Father, Bless these people as they go. May this be a great week for them and may they walk with the King and be a blessing to everyone they meet in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you all.